everybody, you are looking at a disheveled, tired Matt. Uh, unfortunately, this is what he looks like before he goes on vacation, as we all know. Uh, Matt has a little one, so going on vacation isn't exactly the same uh, journey as it used to be. It used to be, uh, you know, relax for a while, uh, even before you head out. But now it's just this maelstrom of uh, things to do and uh, make things to make sure that are packed. So, uh, Matt... <clears throat> Uh, as I speak in the third, as I continue to speak in the third person, uh, <laughs> is here just to introduce what, uh, what today's episode is going to be about. Uh, for all of you Red Wings fans that are looking for some more prospect content, uh, this is what this episode is going to be all about. Uh, we have Odd Man Rush coming from the Europuck podcast all the way overseas. The Europuck podcast is covering, uh, all things, uh, European hockey. So we're going to talk some Detroit Red Wings current prospects. We're going to talk about uh, what's happening going forward into the draft and uh, preview a tidbit of that and then talk about some different uh, programs over in European hockey that you guys got to make sure you're keeping an eye on. Uh, so I had the absolute pleasure of speaking with Oddman Rush, also known as Hayden Carpenter, uh, who again works with uh, the Hockey Podcast Network through the Euro Puck Podcast. I am already a huge fan of this podcast. If you want to get some more information on um, those European puck carriers, and goaltenders, you got to head over uh, to this podcast and uh, especially uh, Hayden's uh, YouTube page uh, as we have it right here. Uh, the uh, Odd Man Rush uh, and his YouTube channel, same name. And then uh, you can find him on Twitter as uh, Odd, Ma Odd Man Rush YT, of course, standing for YouTube there. So uh, not too much uh, current Red Wings news in this episode. So if something major happened, which I'm hoping it doesn't, uh, it, you know, it's going to happen the second I send this on over to be uh, published. But uh, hey, here we are. Um, <clears throat> anyways, uh, wanna, wanted to just give you guys the prepper of what's going on in this episode. I, I can't recommend this enough. You guys are going to love this conversation. Um just uh, get to know get to know some of the guys that uh, you know not not just our first round uh, draftees, but we go pretty deep. So sit back, relax, uh, and enjoy this conversation. I promise you, I had coffee and uh, some kombucha to get me uh, ready to go. I I know I'm that guy now. I just said I had kombucha. Jesus. Um, yeah, this is. Jeez, how do you step back from that? Anyways, yep, yeah, I'm that guy now. So. Uh, sit back and relax and enjoy uh, the stylings of Hayden Carpenter and uh, myself. All right, hey everybody, it's Matt of, uh, oh my gosh, I am forgetting, I almost threw in my old podcast name, Good Gravy. It's Matt from <laughs> Red Wings Rant. Uh, we'll, we'll have to edit that one. Let's, let's see what happens there. But I've got Hayden Carter here from Europuck, which is going live on Fridays. Bonus clips coming out on their YouTube channel. And, uh, oh, you know what? Is it Brits on Bruins? Uh, Brits on Bruins. Yeah, yeah. Brits the Boston Bruins. Bruins podcast. There we go. Yeah. That's the one I had on my notes. And I was like, just mentioned <laughs> that I wanted to make sure I had it right. And then what did I do? Yeah. Hit record before I even asked. All right. And that's uh, every Monday with uh, the rest of the Hockey po Podcast Network shows. So if you have any more shows that you need to subscribe to, of course, uh, Hayden, I feel like I need to apologize because this is my first time having you on the show. And I was trying to do my tour around the league. It, uh, I didn't finish it. Uh, and, and by no means have I. But uh, <laughs> probably the reason the Bruins weren't so high on my list is I kept talking to teams that, uh, mm, let's see. 
uh, art, art in such a shit show as uh, the Detroit. So yeah. any team that was kind of, we could jabber about, uh, you know, draft picks and whatnot. Uh, that's why they were on my show. But now we have a fantastic reason to talk about prospects and draft picks because Hayden, you've got this exactly. wonderful new show uh, called Europug. Everybody, I watched the first show. Um, I, I actually, I love your production value. Uh, I do love Thank that you. you guys are throwing up graphics on uh, the live YouTube show. You've uh, you've inspired me already because I'm putting together graphics for our first go at it. Uh, I just was like, oh, a visual aid to go along with what you're describing. But uh, essentially what, what you're doing here is you're, you've, you've taken the responsibility of covering all European hockey uh, as uh, you know, I, I think you guys did a great job of, of describing what exactly does that mean because there are a ton of leagues over there that uh, would make, maybe aren't checked up, checking off like the pro boxes yet. Uh, but uh, primarily, it sounds like who's involved with the Champions uh, League and then the KHL, who uh, I learned is not a part of that. Uh, so I was, you know, I'm, I'm already learning things uh, from you guys, Brilliant. but. Uh, <laughs> It, you could probably do a better job of describing what you guys are doing over there. I mean, uh, you're right that it's kind of a, a bit of a monumental task. We kind of feel like a goaltender in hockey. You know, you've got to be that that little hint of crazy to kind of take on such a huge responsibility. But yeah, we kind of figured we we approached the uh, the the two guys that run the network, and we were like, "Look, you got two Europeans on the network. Why not?" And they were like, okay, go on. Like, we, 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 we've been happy with what you've been doing with the Boston Bruins. Obviously, uh, their sort of record recently hasn't been too good. RIP, the Boston Bruins playoff run. Um, you know, if we're going to go out to a team, Tampa's a pretty good one to go out to. I'm not going to lie. Um, yep. And then we we were just like, yeah, because uh, my co-host, Chris, he um, he's quite keyed up in the British hockey scene. Like he uh, is, he's one of the reporters for one of the uh, professional teams over here. When I say professional, it's nothing compared to the NHL. Let's just put that as a disclaimer here. Um, it's kind of like a lot of these players are semi-pro. They might have job other jobs during the off season. They only train at nights. They might have jobs during the day. So, so it's one of those things that the English league, for example, very much growing still. It's still very much in its infancy. Although it's been around for the last... Hundred years or so, which is which is kind of shocking when people think about it, especially when you tell people who actually live here that we've had a hockey league for the last <laughs> seventy five hundred years. They're all like, "Really? Wait, we actually have like ice hockey here? It's like, yeah, we actually have like teams that compete in the Champions Hockey League to to compete for the the title of best team in Europe. And obviously, we'd never win it because we're England. Like, we, we 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 get a team in every year. We get the participation award, and we're happy with that at, at this moment in time. Give us like ten years, we'll be all right. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I yeah. mean, uh, I, and oh, go ahead. Um, I mean, I just kind of like you said, sum up the the podcast, just in case anybody has no idea what it is. I, I'm you, some of you, if you listen to some of the other podcasts on the network this week, I'm kind of doing my tour of duty to kind of be like, look, there's a new podcast on the network. If you're interested, come and listen to it, and then you can be like, you can hear my stupid British voice for a little while. Why not? Um, and then, so essentially, the podcast is all things European hockey. Um, this most recent episode that we recorded yesterday when we were recording this, uh, the KHL season had just kicked off. So we did a big bit about talking through all the different teams, where they're based in Russia or elsewhere in the world. Like, for example, they have a team in uh, in Beijing, they have a team in Finland, in Belarus, Latvia. So um, it really does put the continent to continental hockey league, cross continents, everything like that. 
Um, so we talked a lot about the KHL. We've also wanted to make sure that we give the, the, the lower tier European league some love, like the Polish league. The Polish league starts up this week. There was a really interesting story we talked about um, with that. Um, our second episode should be out by the time this podcast goes out. So go and listen to it if you're interested in hearing about some former ex-NHLers that are overseas playing or or upcoming prospects. Because obviously uh, a lot of NHL teams have a lot of European prospects. They're playing overseas either to refine their game before, um, hopefully making the move to an NHL team, or they're playing overseas until the NHL preseason training camps get underway for next year, which who knows when they're going to happen. I mean, we're going to have to wait a little while, I think. But yeah, it's basically all things European hockey. Um, we're kind of crazy for doing it, but you know, you've got to be a little bit crazy to have an interesting podcast, right? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, uh, we could talk about being crazy over here in Detroit because we are now one of the thousand Red Wings podcasts. But um, what, I can't, what I can't do enough is, is recommend this show right now for Red Wings fans because you guys absolutely, who's you know, who's listening out here, those hardcore Wings fans, we know we're still two or three years away. Um, I mean, shoot, on, uh, I don't know if you keep track of the athletic over here in the States, but uh, one of the... Somewhat, somewhat. One of the, one of the top uh, prospect measuring writers still puts us at like 18th in the league. And it's like, man, can you imagine a team that can't collect more than 20 wins in a season is also in the bottom half of the league in prospect pools. So essentially, what what you guys are all going to be doing yourself here uh, is is heading on over to the Europuck and and getting to know a league that uh, will probably be filled with a lot of Red Wings eventually, or or at least uh, knowing where to keep your eye because that's some of the questions I sent you ahead of time. Where uh, I I kind of want to know, like for myself and then for everybody listening to this cast, is like uh, not only what are Red Wings prospects doing, but where should we start keeping an eye? But before we do that, I did find out before we started recording, one of your favorite players is, uh, he's actually on the back of my jersey right now. Let's see if I could spin and show that off. Uh, it, it is <laughs> Mr. Pavel Datsuk. And, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is I saw you were tweeting about him today and you were just mentioning the KHL. Um, how, how far back does your, does your Datsuk fandom go? And I'm, I'm sure the Red Wings fans, uh, on this podcast or fans of this podcast are sick of hearing me gush about it. So Hayden, I want to hear you gush about it. <laughs> so Pavel Datsuk, hands down, one of, if not the most talented hockey players to have ever graced this planet. I'm, I'm putting out there right now. I'm, I'm with you on this, Matt. I'm with you on this. Like yes. I will stand Pavel Datsuk to the day I die. You know, like he is, he is one of the best. I, I feel like obviously uh, one thing I would mention is Datsuk is still playing professional hockey. Um, some of you may or may not be aware of this, and I feel like this is the right podcast to talk about it. Um, he actually just, as when we're recording this, just scored two or recorded two assists in the season opener for his team today. Um, it was, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's 42 now. Oh. Um, he's playing for Avtomobilist Yekaterinburg. Try saying that five times quickly. <laughs> and uh, he's, he, I'm not sure if he's the captain of the team, but he's actually, funnily enough, um, before I go back, way back to how I kind of got into the sport, he was a big reason for that, as you would imagine. Um, he, when he left the NHL, um, what was it, 2015, 2016, something like that? Mm-hmm. It, it, it was kind of that time. Um, he joined SKA St. Petersburg, and I was kind of, looking for more hockey to watch. I watched the NHL, obviously, but it does kind of wear on you a little bit, staying up till 2.30 in the morning just to catch the end of a game. So 
obviously when you're a student at university, like that's fine, you know, just stay out till five o'clock in the morning, just don't go to sleep. Right. But when you're when you're kind of like becoming more of an adult and having more adult responsibilities, <laughs> you're like, okay, m- m- maybe this might not be a feasible plan to kind of go to sleep at three o'clock in the morning and wake up at like 12 when like people are counting on you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where... Um, the KHL back in the before times, before the coronavirus was a thing, the before times, you know, when we could all leave the house without a mask and <laughs> we, we, we could all like not worry about somebody coughing and think that the, the Grim Reaper was coming for us. You know, the good old days. Yeah. You know, like how like other generations have their good old days. It's like the 80s or like the 60s. <laughs> We're like, ah, oh, the good old days like six months ago. Um, <laughs> so um, uh, back like, two or three seasons ago, the KHL used to start their regular season end of August, September. The NHL would start their regular season early October. So me being a crazed hockey fan, wanting to watch as much hockey as possible, seeing that the KHL started late August, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to start watching it then. And one of the reasons why I looked at it was uh, SK St. Petersburg, captained by Pavel Datsuk, had Ilya Kovalchuk at the time, Nikita Gusev, who was a two-time straight MVP, uh, Igor Shesterkin. I'm a huge New York Rangers fan, and he was obviously one of the goaltenders in our system before coming over to North America and absolutely killing it. Um, so it's kind of like all of those players. They also had Slava Voinov, but we're not going to talk about him. Um, so there was like plenty of, of talented former NHLers or guys that could still play very well at the NHL level if they stayed. I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep an eye on this team. Um, so that's how I kind of got into the KHL and kind of looking more at yeah. European hockey. In terms of hockey in general, Datsuk was a big part of it. So it kind of kind of came full circle in terms of this European hockey thing. But um, back in sort of 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. I just kind of went down a rabbit hole on YouTube one day, just like Ooh, looking at sports Datsuk clips videos. and stuff and found the Datsuk highlight, video, highlight videos. It's like, this guy's incredible. And then like, obviously I'll be showing like all my friends at school and they're obviously like soccer Premier League fans. And I'm like, you guys don't get it, man. You don't understand me. <laughs> um, so then... So then, like, uh, I remember the first cup I watched was Boston win in 2011, but I kind of started following New York during the 2010 playoffs. They were eliminated in seven games to the Caps, I believe, that year. And that's kind of, like, when I gradually started getting more into it. I'd played NHL 2004, like, in the years before that, which, best oh, hockey yeah. game ever made. And I will I will fight that to the to the to to my death, absolutely. <laughs> more so than Datsuk. More so than Datsuk. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like it, it's been about 10 years now which kind of surprises me to say if I feel like I'm getting old with 10 years of hockey fandom on me but you know oh, 10 I, years young right <laughs> well I mean that's uh, you're breaking my heart saying that because my I mean my dad's soup fandom started in 2001 so that's when I started following uh, him or uh, I guess 2000 was the year before uh, he joined the Red Wings so that would be when I did it so I'm not uh, this is more of like a a sad this is a sad note. This isn't a comparing how long I've been watching hockey. This is more like Jesus. Uh, I I need to feel older than I do. I <laughs> I, I gotta start re- reassessing where I'm at with my life. Jesus. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> just Anyways. To, yeah. Right. Moving yeah. We'll, we'll jump off that suicide. Existential crisis. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just questioning it's, the you like my my life. You know. I, uh, that's for after the podcast. You know. I think most Detroit Red Wings fans that right now they they can relate to that. They're like, yeah, what? Good gravy. What am I doing focusing on this team twenty four seven? But anyway, uh, there there are good things to come, which is the other reason I wanted to have yes. you on the podcast. And uh, just to get everybody more on your side, subscribe to the Arrow Puck. I'm telling you. 
but you also do put together it. your your all-star team, uh, your European all-star team. And, uh, you know, it's funny. No matter how old you get, like, it never stops, like, when your team gets recognized at any level. You're yeah. still like, oh, boy, yay, that's my, <laughs> that's my team. Yeah. Uh, and you you actually put on your defensive uh, all-star team, I'll just throw it out there. I was going to let you reveal it, but I'm like, no, there's no way to transition to that. Uh, Moritz Sider, he is, he is on your European all-star team from episode one. Um, how... How did uh, how did he make it onto your your first uh, your first line for your your European All Star team? So I will preface this by saying uh, it was a fan question on Twitter. So uh, so uh, we were like, oh, we're recording our first episode. Exactly. Yep. So we we're like, oh, okay, right. Uh, so we want questions, give them to us. And we had a few questions come in for our first episode. We were super happy with the response uh, so quickly. Um, and one of them was. Uh, can you make a European hockey all-star team? So three forwards, two defense, a goaltender, like an all-star lineup, but you can't pick more than one player from more than one different league in Europe. So I was like, okay, I can kind of work with this. I can get a player from the KHL. I can get a player from the SHL and the Finnish Liga. The DEL is kind of where my, it's kind of a bit of a gray area for me. I kind of relatively keep track of some of the big hitters in it, but not too much. Obviously, Maurice Sider, uh, drafted by the Red Wings a couple of years ago, out of the DEL. He is, he, I have a feeling he's going to be a monster in the NHL one day. Like, you just give him a few more years and I, I think he'll be all right. But then I, I, I kind of took it as a, as, a, um, as a cheat pick, to be honest, because <laughs> obviously he spent this last season with the Griffins in, in the AHL and he's yep. been loaned to Adler Mannheim of the DEL, which is where he played his draft year. Um, he'd, he'd been loaned, uh, he's been loaned back to that team for this season. So it's kind of like, technically he's still like with the, the Griffins and, and the Red Wings, but yeah. Yeah. However, the problem is the person that asked the question didn't. Oh, <laughs> so they were like, hey. Yeah, he's like, hey, I, I see you cheated on that one. And then, because <laughs> I, I have a Discord for my YouTube channel. He's one of my YouTube subscribers. And he was like, I, I saw you cheated on that one. Pick a different one. I was like, make me. It's like, <laughs> I've made my choice and I stand by it. I mean, <laughs> of all the players to pick, like from the DEL, Moritz Sider is a pretty good one. I mean, obviously... Yeah. Obviously, the last we've seen of him in the DEL is the eighteen nineteen season when uh, before the draft because he was drafted what twenty nineteen. So yeah, it was his draft yeah, year twenty eighteen nineteen, and he's played a season in the AHL where he was almost a point every two games, which was far better than his production in his draft year. So you've got this six foot four, two hundred and seven pound monster of a teenager. <laughs> he's going to go back with a year of North American experience as a sixth overall draft pick, he's going to kill some players in that league. He's, he's like straight <laughs> up going to kill some people. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean Moritz Sider... The, the, the Datsuk YouTube videos, but now the Moritz Sider YouTube mm. videos are popping up of him just steamrolling everybody. Uh, man, yeah. when, you, uh, when you're that big, the only word that should be in the back of your mind is momentum. Like, that, that's all you need. Yeah. yeah there's no strategy yeah. behind it. Just roll, man. Um, and that, yep. I, I think that that's that's definitely going to put... Uh, yeah, well, the, you know what? To go back to, to that point, too. I, I mean, 
we really don't even have a date when the NHL is coming back and the AHL has yep. been even more tentative to say anything. Um, I think yep. the NHL has, has kind of wanted to put a date out there to kind of start negotiations mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, getting on TV and ad buys and things like that. So they had to do something to say like, no, there's hockey coming <laughs> back. Don't worry. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, I mean, more insiders playing in the DEL. I, I don't know. Like, sure, you could say he signed with the Red Wings. We have no idea when this this next season's going to start. Yeah. Um, we don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to Oh, go ahead. I mean, I just sorry, just to carry on from your point, I mean, he played with, uh, in the under-20s last year with Germany, um, the Germany under-20s, like, World Junior Championships. He was almost a point per game. He didn't score any goals, but he got six assists in seven games. Like, this kid's going to be a good player. And kind of to your point... We could be in a position where the NHL, there has been rumours or some talks from sort of NHL insiders that the season might not start till the next calendar year. Hey everybody, Matt again from Red Wings Rant Podcast here to remind you that if you're getting sweaty out there, that Brillo Brillo pad is just getting too much to handle. There's only one option. You gotta shave down that Brillo pad. There's just way too much going on in there. And the best option for you and we've been saying it for months. We've been saying it for weeks, and that's because we believe in it. And that's because we're nice and airy and bounce no hairy. Ha ha! That's right. More rhymes. Why? Why wouldn't you want more rhymes? We're rhyming about the lawnmower 3.0. That thing has just kept us so clean and dry. Uh, you, you. If you haven't used it yet, you just can't imagine how quickly you can run around down there and get everything all cleaned up. Feeling good, feeling bright. And you know what? Even if you're not feeling bright, there's an LED light on that thing. That's right. That made no sense. But that light is going to help shine everything down there. So you're not going to miss a spot. So again, we've got something that's that's easy to maneuver around. And like I say, week after week, you can whip that thing around down there. You're not going to get any nicks or cuts. This thing works to perfection. But again, that light is going to make sure you don't miss a spot. It's got that 7,000 RPM motor. You've got that sweet MF charging stand that you get to throw up in your bathroom. Because why? Because you need everyone to know that you're clipping yourself down there. You want all the ladies coming over to know that they're going to not have a huge thicket to comb through. They're just going to be able to go right to town. That's right. This is what Manscaped wants to make sure I focus on. But I'm telling you, and we've been telling you for weeks, for good reason... Check out the Lawnmower 3.0 because it's keeping us moving cleanly and lightly and less Brillo Patty throughout the day. Now, if you want a nice little discount and you want to help support the Hockey Podcast Network, and of course yours truly, Matt, here of Red Wings Rant, head on over to manscaped.com and use promo code THPN. Promo code THPN gets you 20% off and free shipping. So that promo code, again, is THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. It's going to get you 20% off and free shipping at only manscaped.com. So thank you so much. I guarantee, if you guys check this thing out, I guarantee it, you're going to be bouncing around and as excited and animated as I am. I can't say it enough. Manscaped.com. Use that promo code THPN. Get 20% off and free shipping for your lawnmower 3.0. Oh, man, you're going to love it. 
Right. By that point, most of these leagues will be halfway through their regular seasons. So that's that's a big reason as to why we're seeing a lot of these younger guys that either that are from Europe, going back to Europe, or guys that have kind of spent the last few years in North America. There's loads of teams loaning out their European prospects back home. It's the smart thing to do. I mean, obviously, we've heard things about uh, like Alexei Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield and stuff. There's been a lot of talk about whether they're going to move over to Europe. They've said no. That's a different situation, in my opinion. Those guys, they don't yeah, want to get tough. hurt before the draft because that might have some sort of impact on where they're chosen because the draft is a very unique draft this year where there's going to be no fans. It's going to be much later than it usually is, and that's that goes for free agency as well. But if you've got a, a, a German defenseman like Moritz Seider, it's kind of like a lockout year in a lot of ways um, in terms of having a not necessarily the NHL guys, but everybody else that's not a regular in the NHL is kind of needing that little bit of extra game time underneath them. They can go play elsewhere in the world, bring some more publicity to these leagues and kind of help raise the profiles. Because I mean, um, obviously there's been, there's several guys in the Detroit Red Wings system. There's lots of younger guys in the Edmonton system, in the, in the Rangers system. Vitaly Kraftsov has gone back to Tractor Chelyabinsk for another year. You've got, um, uh, obviously Cider in, uh, Mannheim. You've got Zadina with, uh, uh, Trinec, isn't it? Osler, yeah, Osler Trinec, which is a pretty good team in the Czech that Republic. They're probably one of the better teams game, out there in that league. Yeah, that was a fun game we played in our last episode was trying to pronounce yeah. that. So I'll take, I'm just going to say, I'll take your word on it and we'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, once again, we, we heavily preface on our podcast, like we're two English speakers. We might be saying these words absolutely wrong. My co-host has actually like gone through and made like a pronunciation guide, but I've had yet to actually read it. So, <laughs> so kind of like, kind of like, sorry, Chris, but like, oh, you know, like when I'm in the moment, I'm just kind of in my groove, you know. Yeah. I just got to go with it. Like whatever comes out of my mouth, that's what that's what's rolling, you know. Priorities. But, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And and for for context, uh, like guys like Zadina, they haven't played in their native country for the last three or four years. So these are guys that have left those leagues boys and essentially come back men. It is a fair way to look at it. Uh, the same with Moritz Sider, you could argue. Sure, he's only 19 years old, but I mean, look at how well he played in North America his first year. He's taken all of that experience and that ice time with him. He's going to be heavily relied upon by his team in Mannheim and a lot of these prospects, which we're also seeing... Who reported it on Twitter? But I saw it earlier today. There's a lot of guys, North American guys, that because the OHL and the QMJHL and the WHL aren't starting for a little while, they're also moving over to these European leagues to get more ice time until those places start. Which, sure, it comes with the caveat of they might get injured and that might cause a few problems for them down the road. But I think it's a no-brainer for a lot of these guys. If, if there's no... Obviously, North America has been one of the places hit the most. Canada, not so much. Canada have done a really good job in terms of keeping this thing under wraps. But obviously, America have had a real tough time trying to kind of get a handle on the whole coronavirus situation. Your opinions on it or not, it's a thing and it's affecting the sports world. So it's kind of a no-brainer to, to, to send those guys over to get some ice time. Like they, that was the, way more... A lot of these younger guys... I was yeah. going to say, that was way more level-headed than I think I've ever described the coronavirus situation. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, good on you there. Um, <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't mean to run into your point there, but that... that no, no worries, no worries. I, I think I usually sound like a five-year-old whining at people to stay inside. Um, 
Well, now that I've derailed your point, I think it's important that I, I ask a new question. But um, I, I, I did actually want to follow up to, to what you were saying. And, and this is actually a follow up to what you guys brought up on um, on your show in the first episode is how these leagues. Uh, and, and this is this isn't you know, this is this is kind of well known uh, sort of fact about all these European leagues that they all kind of have like a different uh, playing style as you jump from from mm. league to league. And just in your opinion, I, you know, I, I know I'm not asking you anything based off of analytics we've seen of like guys that have gone <laughs> over to Europe and then come back. I just because it kind of popped in my head after while you were while you were talking of, of this idea that um, do you think it's possible that these guys might. Is there a chance they could fall backwards a little bit, like if they're trying to be developed by a specific team? And then they go over to a, a whole other coaching staff. Where where do you think, uh, like a scale on one to ten, where where would you put it? And then when I do the graphic, there'll be like a little bar here, and we'll put I'll cut, I'll cut your head out, and we'll put it on somewhere on the one to ten of how concerned you think somebody would should be. That's a really really interesting question, actually, and that's that's a way that. Some, I think it's important to think about that because obviously as the average fan, you think, oh, more ice time, it's wonderful. But I think there might be some teams that have have had some trepidation about allowing some of their like high value prospects potentially to go home. Maybe some of their later round picks, the guys that they know they still need a few more years to develop and they were going to do it in the American League, but they'll go and do it overseas instead. I feel like the biggest difference between the, the, the biggest thing to keep in mind in terms of guys playing in Europe is twofold. One, the ice surface is usually a different dimension. The KHL, quite a lot of the teams have started to um, get themselves more towards an NHL-sized rink, which is smaller than an international-sized rink. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not by a huge margin, but obviously hockey is a split-second decision kind of game. You, I mean, one second could be the difference between you getting an outlet pass out of your zone and the puck being in the back of your net. So, or so your having head that extra... actually being the outlet pass, that would be yeah, <laughs> well, exactly. Uh, yeah, your yeah. head kind of going <laughs> on top of the puck, flying up the ice. Uh, so it is one of those things where you know the the European style. Every single league has a different type of style. The lower tier leagues might be filled more with enforcers or guys that played only a handful of NHL games. The SH, the Swedish Hockey League, the Finnish Liga, the Swiss League, there'll be guys that have they've got NHL players in the hundreds that have played hundreds and hundreds of NHL games potentially. Um, it, it, there's a lot of differences between the way the game is played, not just because of the ice surface. I, I think it's also important to know with a lot of the younger guys if they're playing in Europe and if they're playing in like the legitimate like pro leagues, they're playing against professional players. A lot of the guys in North America that are sort of 18 to 20, uh, I had this conversation on the Dallas podcast uh, last week as well. Oh, okay. uh, a lot of them are playing kind of against 16 to 20 year olds in the OHL or the QMJHL. If you go and play in the SHL, you're playing against guys that may have played two, 300 NHL games. They're 28 years old. They're in the primes of their career physically, and they will hit you, you know? Like, you're not playing yeah. against teenagers. Like, it's different. It's a completely different experience. That's not to say one's better than the other, obviously, but I think they both have their uses for the type of player that you might be interested in. But, for example, the Swedish Hockey League, to bring them up, Mm-hmm. We ranked them on our podcast as like the second best league in Europe. The KHL number one, without a doubt. 
the SHL, kind of the champions of Europe in the Champions Hockey League practically every season bar one. So that they are like the legitimate leaders. Frölunda HC have killed the Champions Hockey League. Chris and I call it the Frölunda Cup now because it's basically they win it. They've won it like four out of the six years it's been running. So it's kind of like, oh, well, Frölunda's again, they're probably going to win it. Um, <laughs> the SHL, I'm pretty sure they've outlawed fighting. So if any players drop the gloves and fight, sure, you can fight, but then you'll get a suspension afterwards or you'll get a game misconduct for fighting. So compare that to the North American leagues. Obviously, fighting is down, but it's still a part of the game. And, and some people might say, oh, but Hayden, like fighting isn't legal in the game because you get a penalty for it. But the actual act of fighting is a legal thing you can do. You can fight, you get a penalty for it. It's against the rules, but right. it's legal. It's, it's almost like you, so, you would want to say it's gamified because they, they put a penalty on it. Like they, There's nothing yeah. barring you from doing it. And if it was... If there, it, for you to put in the rule book five minutes for fighting, it's it's yeah. welcome at that point. That's the yeah, welcome mat it, that says go for it. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's a part of the game. Um, I, I think in terms of kind of going back to your question, I, I have a habit of doing this where it's like, oh, I'm just going to like spew 10 minutes of, of oh. stuff and then I'll get to the, the answer about 15 minutes later. But um, in terms to answer your question and get that lovely graph sorted, I would say the context depends on the player. And I know that's a cop-out of an answer, but hear me out. No, no, so no. The, the European players, they're going to have less... Uh, I feel that most of them are going to struggle less than North American guys that go over. If they're going back to their native league where they played before they were drafted, they're going to have an idea of how to play in that league. They will have grown up in that system. They'll know how to play. So those guys, I wouldn't be worried about at all, for the most part anyway. Yeah. I, I'd probably put it, if we're talking like 10 is like... Defcon one and one is like, ah, oh, it's all chill, man. I'd probably put that at like a two, you know, like it's like, okay, you know, there might be some guys that maybe take a step back. The only step back I'd think that those guys might have is injuries and how that might affect kind of their rehabilitation and whether they're ready for next season. That that's the only thing I can think of from that perspective. But the North American guys, especially the teenagers that might have played in the OHL or or maybe only played one season of pro, those are the guys I'd kind of be about a five or a six for. Cause it's kind of like, okay. You guys, obviously, that's painting all North American players with like a, a big brush. But right. at the same time, if they don't know the systems, they don't know the languages of a lot of these countries. They don't know the cultures of a lot of these countries. Like this is why I always say you've got to give European players a bit of leeway, especially from non-English speaking countries. You take a look at guys like Capo Caco in this year's draft, Jesse Pugliavi a couple of drafts ago, Philip Zadina, uh, Moritz Seider. Moritz Seider less so because there is a lot of English speaking in Germany, but mm-hmm. some of those other guys like the Czech Republic, Finland, you know, Sweden, a lot of these other places. English can be there, but it's not their first language a lot of the time. So imagine being a, a, an 18, 19-year-old kid moving halfway across the world. You've been hyped as this incredibly crazy, incredibly talented prospect. You're expected to kind of score a hat-trick every night in your first year, or the 12-year-olds will call you a bust from the end of the first <laughs> season. And you... I know some 30-year-olds that would do that. Oh, of course, definitely. So some die-hard <laughs> fans, I'll say with like... Inverted oh, yeah, they know Because... Saying you're a diehard fan means nothing. Everybody's a diehard fan if they want to be. Like, it's not a badge of honor that you can wear. Like, I've followed the team for 30 years. Yeah, that doesn't mean you're a good fan. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean you know what you're talking about. Right. Like, um, but at the same time, um, 
you just got to back that stuff up with like actual arguments. You know, it's it's the same as going like, oh, I'm new to this, but if you put a like legitimate argument, then it doesn't matter whether you're new or or like been watching it for thirty years. You've got a legitimate argument, but um, like you, you've got to imagine like let's take Capo Caco for example, right? He had a bit of a slow season this year, as yeah. did Jack Hughes number one and Kirby Dak number three, which is what the scouts and what all of the professionals are expecting. They weren't going to be a Matthews or a Line A or a or a, um, a Connor McDavid or anybody like that. They right. knew that it would take a year or two for these guys to get into the league, thinking more on the li- along the lines of Andrei Sveshnikov, right? Who's right. had a great year this year for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you've got to think, Capo Caco, he had a very, very busy year, his draft year. He played in the Finnish Liga against men, did pretty well. He went to the World Championships, won gold, so he was there for the entire tournament. He then got drafted very soon after, and then immediately after being drafted, he pretty much went and started training and going to the Traverse City tournament and doing preseason. He basically got no off-season. And he's not the most fluent English speaker, or he wasn't when he came over to North America. And he might never have been to North America before, let alone lived there for an entire year right. without his friends, without his family, without any... Of course, he had the support network of the Rangers, but that only goes so far, right? They're not going to sit there and baby you day to day every day, are they? Nor right. do I think a, a hockey player would want that. So when they have a bit of a slow start, it's because they're adjusting. Their entire lives have been changed. Whereas a guy that's been playing in the OHL for his entire life that, or for, for his entire junior career, there's going to be a change there. Don't get me wrong, but you're still in a country that you know the language. You know how North Americans live, which is vastly different to a lot of Europe. Being European myself, I can vouch for that. Um, and you're, you're, you're in a position where you kind of got your bearings a little bit more. There's not so many barriers that you have to face. Yes, there are still barriers. I don't want to say like, oh, it's easy for North Americans to get into the NHL. Everybody could do it. Right. Because obviously right. not. Obviously not. But it, it's one of those situations where European players, you've got to give them a little bit of a longer leash. Obviously, you're going to have guys that come in and just dominate because they're great hockey players, or they've been, as they've grown up, they've kind of been bred to be hockey players and kind of learn English at a young age and learn how to deal with the media and all of this stuff. But not every player's like that, even in the first round, even as some of the top 10, 15 picks in the draft. So it, I would imagine kind of circling back on this point, I would imagine some North American players that are moving overseas to play until the season kicks off, that's the kind of culture shock they're having now. They're going, okay. These guys actually have it a lot tougher when they come over to North America than I thought they did, you know? Right. I, I mean, I, I think the important thing there is, like, people forget all the time that these guys are human. I mean, uh, yep. I, I just saw on, on Twitter that, that Tuka Rask is still getting, like, ripped apart. And it's like, no! The, the guy picked the human... He made the human decision. We don't... <laughs> you don't... You don't Matt, tear don't, a guy down. Matt, don't even get me started. Don't get me even. Don't get me started on the Boston Bruins fan base. Oh As my somebody God. that's had to cover the team for the last year, <laughs> there are some people in that fan base. I know why the Bruins get a bad rap. I know I, why they get the bad rap. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not a Bruins fan myself. I've just been covering them on the network for the yeah. last season because they needed somebody to cover the Bruins. It's like, oh, okay, let's cover a team that could go deep in the playoffs. Why not? There that's are some choice. people in the yeah, some people in the Boston Bruins fan base irritate me beyond belief because they there's this sense of entitlement with some hockey fans it's like oh well i'm in lockdown so you should be playing hockey because i want to watch you play hockey like I, i'm not they're not like 
dancing puppets. So you don't right. just like attach them to string and then like let them go for 60 minutes a day. Like it's they're, they're human beings. And yeah, I, I know there's the argument that obviously they signed up to this when they went in the bubble. Why didn't he just like not go into the bubble and oh, all of this stuff. I said this, the the episode before it, it came out, what the reason was that Tukaras left. Because we had the news earlier in the day, I'm pretty sure, or the day before we recorded one episode. Then the, more of the details came out before we recorded the next episode. There was a medical emergency. He got, he got a phone call from his partner in yeah. the bubble saying, look, we've got a bit of a problem here. But he, he wouldn't have known that while going into the bubble. And like any human being, whether right. you're getting paid $7 million or not, at the end of the day, that's his family after hockey. When he retires, whenever that is, that, that's his family. And he's, it was a, a, a newborn kid or a very, very young kid. We're talking like months old. Yeah. He, he wasn't a first-time father. He's, I, I believe he's got several other kids as well. But, you know, like if, if that's something that's never happened to him before because he's still got very young kids, you, I, I, I sat there like the, when the details were released. I was like... Any Boston Bruins fans that were like having a go at too great, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like absolutely yeah. ashamed because it's once again, and we see it both sides of any argument. People just have to dogpile the second some news yep. comes out, but they don't wait any until news. the actual context. It's like it's like I I've I feel like if and this is just a wider topic, we, we could have this conversation on any sort of podcast on the world, right? In the world or any sort of uh, network or anything right now, like wait to form your opinion based on the facts. Like, like obviously, Tukaras left the bubble. He left this. Oh, but he said in the, the pre-game or, or the post-game the day before that he didn't like playing in the bubble. Well, yeah, he probably said what, like, half of the players are thinking. It sounds dead in there. There's nobody there. Like, of course it doesn't sound like a playoff game. That's right. not. He's not leaving because he's, like, wimped out and gone, oh, I don't like the sound of no fans. I'm going to leave the bubble. Like, no. <laughs> he left because his kid had an emergency. Like, I would have done the same thing. You I, know? You know, honestly, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I, I just can't stand that people would give anybody a hard time. Like, I, I'm still of the, the state of mind that is, if these guys don't feel like doing it, they don't, like, don't. Don't yeah. do it. Like I, I still like. They, he could have just felt like I don't. I don't feel like doing this anymore. This is this is crazy. This is a weird situation. I. You know what? I don't even need to hear that. If he just was yeah. flat out like I'm, I'm good. You guys go. You know, good luck, Bruins. Anybody in the NHL. Good luck, team. Connor McDavid does it. Ah, oh, God, that would have been. Oh, that would have been my dream if Connor McDavid had just said, "You know what, guys? This isn't safe. I'm, I'm not doing it." I, uh, I mean, I, I mean, know. I mean, given given the Edmonton Oilers' performance, they didn't really do that far off, did they? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you could make the argument he was the only Oiler that showed up. Uh, anyways, oh uh, yeah, uh, but then again, no, no Iron Team, <laughs> no Iron Team, as the, as the Oilers have figured out for the last few years, no Iron right. Team, boys. <laughs> uh, we we've uh, I've gone off track on uh, where I wanted to go with with questions here, but I I know uh, I, I think a couple of points you made uh, in in discussing like this uh, the transition either from you know a player coming from NHL AHL going back over to Europe or as you put it Capocacco coming over here and having struggles. Um, I guess, uh, I, I did want to jump on like what, and I sent you this question. So I, I, again, I know, um, there's probably a lot of shades of gray and like answering this as there is with anything. And I, I did want to make the point too, that you would fit in perfectly with this podcast where, 
Uh, the rambling fits in perfectly. I can't even get this question out. <laughs> and then the uh, the shades of gray is is almost everywhere, uh, except when it comes to players leaving the bubble. Anyway, emerging markets, right? We uh, yep. it's it's a big topic, and it has been uh, for for the last decade in companies trying to find like that next market where they're going to be able to insert themselves. And, uh, you know, they're going to make a ton of mo- money. And, and before the last couple of years, it was things like uh, Disney trying to get into China and sell money or sell movies until, of course, Winnie the Pooh became a problem. But we're not necessarily <laughs> talking about a new we're not talking about a new place for hockey to start. I guess what I want to talk about is um, what, what are those leagues? And maybe we've already hinted at it as we we're discussing the DEL. But what what is that league that is going to get into that upper echelon? Because you were ranking them a little bit, so not not what's number one, but what's the league that if you were an NHL scout, you want to get ahead of everybody else? So like let's let's look at what the Red Wings did in picking up so many Russian players in the nineties. Where where do you go to do that to try and get ahead of the game? Because right now all we see is maybe one year. There's a, a, a team or a league that gets drafted, a couple superstars come out of there, and then there's never another secret to come out again. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, high level here, macro level. Uh, what, what do you see as like that next <clears throat> league that could jump into the upper echelon? See, that's a really difficult question. And the reason I say I that is, is because there's kind of the hierarchy that's been set within the, the European hockey circuit. Obviously, that means there is some room for moving up and down the rankings and everything like that. But in terms of the leagues that could be on the rise that are kind of towards the bottom of the of people's lists, they're still a hell of a way away from kind of like biting at the heels of some of the big... The, the Continental Hockey League is doing relatively well. They've... They're, they've I think they're probably the best example to look at in terms of testing markets around Europe and Asia to kind of see if there's viability. And I would imagine the NHL is watching that quite closely um, because they've got a team in Finland, got a team in Latvia, in Belarus. They've got, obviously, a hundred different teams in Russia. They've now got uh, a team in uh, in China, uh, in Kowloon Red Star. Um, they're, they're kind of, obviously, the NHL had the China games uh, a few years ago, obviously, in the before times. So it, it was one of those situations where they've yeah. they've also looked at the Chinese market as well to kind of see if there's any interest there. There is interest there. At the moment, they're, the, they're not that good, which you would expect from a sort of slowly emerging market. And the KHL has also wanted to put a team in France. I think they've wanted to put a team in Germany. A team in the UK has been talked about for the last sort of four or five years, putting a team in London, for example. Um, I, I feel like not to kind of give my native league more credit than it deserves, but the British league, the, the elite ice hockey league here in the UK, I feel like they're a league that's kind of gradually getting up there. We're now starting to have players that are moving to the DEL or the DEL2. We've got some of our own coaches and assistant coaches that are moving over to other leagues around the world. Um, we had one of our players play in the Olsvenskun, which is the second tier Swedish league just under the SHL. Um, we've got guys that are playing in the DEL2, which is the second tier German league. That They've done it really easily. They do DEL, DEL2, and DEL3. They make it super simple. All of the other ones have like more specific names for their lower tier leagues. But I, I still think 
if you're wanting to keep an eye on ones that, I mean, in 20, 30 years, if things keep going the way they're going, they could be much better showings in, in the international circuit, France, the United Kingdom, uh, Latvia. The one thing I will say about Latvian hockey fans, they are a very dedicated bunch. Like, do not sleep on Latvian hockey fans. They are a good, dedicated, loyal fan base to their team. Their, their team in the KHL, Dinamo Riga, then they're not a very good team in compared to some of the other teams in the league. Yeah. They're they're fighting against like the financial juggernauts of CSKA Moscow, SK St. Petersburg. You know, like all of th- those two teams are kind of where most ex NHLers that have just left the league go over to. So you're fighting yeah. with with teams that have got fresh NHL talent that has left the league for one reason or another, but they've still picked those guys up. Literally two days ago. Um, SK St. Petersburg was it yesterday I think it was yeah two days ago um, St. Petersburg announced that they'd signed Vladislav Kamenev who was a second round pick by the Predators he played with the Colorado Avalanche over the last couple of seasons like he's just been on an NHL roster and he's moving back over to Russia he wasn't the best NHL player hence why he's moving back over but it kind of goes to show you that literally immediately after they leave the NHL they can go eh eh and then they come over and, and you know join the team and then yeah. you've got the the Belarusian team and the Latvian team and the Finnish teams having to compete with with these financial juggernauts. But Dinamo Riga, they are they are a solid solid team with a dedicated fan base. They're they're kind of one of those teams that they're more towards the bottom half of the standings. But you know, with a couple of good players, they could make a make it to the playoffs and kind of get a bit of love from the international hockey circuit. Um, I think hosting a, a World Championships will help with that. So kind of Latvia, France, the UK, um, Poland, maybe even that they're a little bit lower. Um, you've got like the Czech League, um, which isn't as high as you might think it is, considering some of the prospects that come out there. We've had some great NHL players come there. Obviously, Zadina in the Red Wing system is from there. You've had uh, you've had lots of fantastic players. I believe Zdeno Chara is Czech, if I'm not mistaken, or is he Slovenian? I can't remember off the top of my head. He might be Slovenian because they played for Team Europe, but I can't remember off the top of my head and I don't want to jinx that. So Zdeno Chara is a great hockey player, whether it's relevant or not. Um, and you've, you, you've got some leagues there. The hierarchy is very much set, unfortunately, in terms of these other leagues that are wanting to kind of build themselves up. It's going to take a long time, but the NHL, the good thing is if they were interested in European expansion they would snap them up when they're established. So they have time. It's not as if they're in a rush to kind of build a European market, you know? They're, they're, they've got a pretty good thing going in North America. They're adding Seattle, obviously, to make it 32 teams. So right. obviously, they they've, they wouldn't have to think about this for another 10, 15 years. And, right. you know, why not? <laughs> no, and I guess, uh, so in, in your opinion, I, I just remember Moritz Sider getting drafted and hearing all the conversations about the DEL and how, all right, you don't, you don't see a lot of top 10 picks coming out of Germany. So in my head, I, I actually, uh, I, I thought that that could be considered emerging, but in your mind, you consider that established, the, the DEL? I, I mean, I mean you, you're right in the respect that you don't see many German first round picks in the top 10, but over the last sort of half a decade or so, we've seen a fair few. We've got Tim Stutzler this year. He's yep. going to go in the top 10. Had Moritz Seider go a couple of years ago. We've had Leon Dreisaitl go a few yep. years before that. Um, obviously, you could make the argument that, you know, like that's only three in the last 10 years or whatever. But I mean, that's that's a noticeable output. And Leon Dreisaitl Absolutely. just got named the, the league MVP this year. Like a German player 
that came out of the draft sort of five, six years ago scored the most points in the NHL this year. Like that's nothing to scoff at. And his, his pretty much his entire development was done in Germany. So, you know, the, the Germany's kind of that middle of the road uh, in terms of European leagues. They have those diamonds in the rough, like the, uh, like the dry cycles and the, and the ciders and the, and the Stutzlers, but they're not quite at the point where they're competing with the big guns of the um, European circuit for, for kind of the best way to describe it in my opinion take the champions hockey league for example you get five teams from sweden and switzerland you get four teams from um finland you get three teams i think two or three teams from germany those german teams can compete with those other teams but they're not going to win the champions hockey league anytime soon with with the way that the leagues are set up it's, it's, it's always going to be the swiss teams the finnish teams the swedish teams that are going to compete for the championship because obviously they've had NHL talent going overseas since the sixties. Like they've had half a century of development with these players and these leagues. And obviously the Scandinavian countries, they have ice most of the year, you know, like they're used to playing in these frozen climates where some of the other European leagues might not. So it's been Germany's kind of, it's one of those leagues that I could see the UK, France, Latvia, if they kept going at the pace that they're going over the next 10, 15 years, they would be at the DEL's level, you know? Oh, okay. No, I, I, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, I guess, yeah, to kind of maybe pivot in the opposite direction. Uh, okay. Because uh, in, in your guys' show, you guys, uh, you and Chris actually paused when you started talking about uh, Elmer Soderblom, of, uh, who is playing for, for Lunda. So we're talking about that, you know, the SHL top top tier um i i i am gonna i'm gonna t- i'm gonna do it this way i'm gonna tell everybody go to go to euro pucks so you can hear you know hayden and chris talk about um talk about Frolunda and why that's so important but uh to get it more in like a red wings sort of uh deal here how, how excited should we be about soderblom because again you guys were rolling through that prospect list uh, uh, in the european markets and you guys both stopped and and took a second to breathe in and breathe out for soderblom so is that is that a good sign or is that is that a is that a you know were you second guessing or or yeah wh- how excited should we be that's the best way to put it so i've got his elite prospects up here just to kind of get an idea of the stats that he's been putting up over the last few years um for context if anybody doesn't know the, the website elite prospects if you want to know like it's anything money. about any of your prospects, Elite Prospects is the best place to go. It, Follow any of the leagues, any of the sort of the, the players in those leagues. Like Elite Prospects for whether it's my YouTube videos or the podcast, like it's such a godsend for me. Especially I think it's like one dollar to subscribe. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. E- even even for free, like it's so useful. Um, I mean, because a lot of my videos on YouTube with my Odd Man Rush YouTube channel is talking about players once they leave the NHL and kind of what happens to them from there. It's such a godsend. And the fact that they also do, um, they do like uh, when they've been coaching or something, for example, whereas something like Wikipedia or NHL or some of the other um, sites that have their stats won't have their team history. So um, <clears throat> as this as this goes out, I will have just earlier this week, so going out today as we're recording it, actually in about an hour, I've got a video on Jared Stahl going out. Uh, so the youngest Stahl brother played two games in the NHL kind of made this whole story about him being like the odd stall brother out, you know, the rest of the brothers have played almost a thousand NHL games each. And he only played two, didn't score a point. 
And it's kind of like, okay, so what did he do like when his career was up? Because he actually came and played a season in the UK League, which was interesting. It was his final season as a pro. And um, Elite Prospects was like, oh, he's actually been coaching for the last two years. I was like, oh, I didn't know that. So like, I can put that in the video. Like, oh, by the way, (laughs) he has actually been coaching. So, um, but back to the topic at hand once again. Um, In terms of what we should think about Soderblom, there, there could be a bit of... I mean, Essentially, like bare, I'll, he, I'll throw this out there first. Like, bare bones, six foot seven. I mean, 227 pounds. I mean, this guy, this guy is yep. going to, he'll, he'll do well at the WWE if need be. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, yeah. like, that. that is something you do not find is a forward that is six foot seven. But, uh, yeah, yeah. That, uh, I got to throw that out there. I mean, I mean, to be fair, if he doesn't become a top goal scorer in the NHL, he would find a role as a as a bottom six, you know, penalty killer, uh, you know, throwing the body, getting in, crashing the net. Like he he's kind of like that prototypical guy. He just needs to show the skills to do that. Which I, to be honest, I, you could make the argument that the, the sky's kind of the limit for this guy. Um, so for context, his uh, past season, the 2019-2020 season. He spent most of the year with the Fralunda under-20s team, the junior-20s team. Um, he had a great season for them, but I would take those num- the numbers that he gave, which was uh, 29 goals, 55 points in 36 games, and a plus 22, which is pretty impressive. Um, I'd take those numbers with a pinch of salt because it's essentially the same as him playing in the OHL. And at uh, the, his size, uh, just, uh, his size, he's yes. like he's playing with little kids. Oh yeah, it's literally like he—he's like the the guy in charge of daycare, you know. Like he, he's like, "Come on, children, I've got to hit you along the boards now." But like it's—it's it's, unfortunately, it's one of those things. Like obviously, I like to sit here and go, "Wow, fifty-five points in thirty-six games! Like that's incredible!" Oh my god, what a fantastic player! I just want to like temper fat, like expectations a little bit. Yeah. He was a sixth round pick for a reason. Let's just like okay. let's just make that clear. He's not the second coming of. Of uh, of insert Swedish player here, you know, like you've got to like give him time. I mean, he's 19 years old. He's starting this year with Frölunda. It's going to be his first full year with Frölunda. Which, yeah. in terms of teams to help kind of refine your game with, Frölunda's one of the best teams in Europe. Like including KHL teams. If Frölunda went up against half the KHL teams, they could easily get a win. I would not be surprised at all. So Frölunda. He played 10 games with them last year. He had two penalty minutes and a minus two, no points. So not the best showing for him there. But then again, (laughs) it was his first experience playing in the SHL, which is, in my opinion, the second best league in Europe. You can make the case it's a top five league in the world. For an 18-year-old kid to do that, to, to go and rack off a load of points, he would have been taken, you know, like like up to top five, top 10 in the draft, you know? So there is a bit of trepidation about him. There's been some scouting reports on him, uh, on elite prospects. This isn't my work. This is from, uh, on the elite prospects. Uh, They say he's more of a stick handler than a forward. He'll crash the net and throw big hits, which you'd expect from a six foot seven guy. If he doesn't use those physical attributes, then he'd be doing himself a disservice. Um, He owns great hands for his size and he likes to take the puck to the net. So he's kind of that, giant prototypical power forward he just needs to kind of put all of those skills together at the pro level i i feel like he's kind of a a project that might take two or three more years before you see him over here or over there in north america i should say obviously being a sixth round pick you've got to keep that in mind like obviously oh we might found a diamond in the rough he's this top point scorer six foot seven 
He was taken in the sixth round for a reason. That doesn't mean he's not going to make it to the NHL. That doesn't mean he's not going to have a long and successful career. If any team has a track record of getting sixth and seventh round draft picks and turning them into Hall of Famers, the Detroit Red Wings is the perfect place for him to be, let's be honest. Bingo, bingo. But <laughs> exactly. You've just got to you've just got to kind of temper expectations a little bit. Essentially, what I would say is let's see how this year with Fralunda goes. It's his first full year in pro hockey with one of the best teams playing against some of the best teams. He's going to be playing Champions Hockey League as well. He's going to be playing with the Sweden under 20. So like keep that in mind. He's still playing under 20 hockey. Last year, he played under 19. He got three points in four games. So against his own age group, he's doing fine. He's doing great. He's a fantastic player against his own age group. He now, essentially, I would imagine what the Red Wings are saying, you need to kind of put on a few more pounds. You need to be able to kind of get those hands to match that big, tall, lanky frame, essentially. It's kind of a similar situation to, to Moritz Sider, I guess, but his him being a sixth overall pick, he's obviously more refined in terms of the stick handling department, and he's slightly shorter. But I mean, for context, he's about 20 pounds lighter than Soderblom and three inches shorter than Soderblom. So, you know, he's a guy that's kind of built into his frame. Yeah, I'd still be afraid to run into either one of these guys in a dark alley. Oh, for sure, without a doubt. I mean, mean, if I was was in a bar fight, (laughs) I'd want both of them on each side of me, you know? I'm (laughs) six foot two. Like, I could probably handle myself, but you've got Cider and Soda Blum next to you. Like, you're you're an unstoppable (laughs) force. Like, you're going to win that fight hands down. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm 5'10", so I'm bending over and I'm taking it. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, essentially, to kind of sum it up, I wouldn't get too excited before we see how he matches up full-time against professional hockey players. The good thing is he's going to have that experience this year. He's going to be with Fralunda. Let's see how he plays, essentially. Uh, let me. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, just uh, kind of sticking in the same area. So Soderblom, uh, we watched this whole season play out for the SHL. How many points do you think we would need to see out of Soderblom and again, I, I, you've mentioned it too. We're talking about a sixth round pick, but how many yeah. points would you say? So you could almost put this down as an insert player name. Doesn't have to be Soderblom. But how many points would you want to see out of a kid this age in the SHL to say, "All right, let's let's get him over to the AHL so we can start to develop him our way." Like, let's say he plays a whole season and the, there's ten points on the board. Is that enough? I mean, I mean, I'd have some trepidations. I, I, there'd be some reservations about that definitely i i absolutely you you obviously want to see a guy like that that obviously tore up against his his age group and um played really well um you you want to see a guy like that go at least kind of a point every two games um whether that's possible i'm not 100 percent sure i've I've just looked up the most recent shl season just to kind of check how many games they play they play about 50 52 games in a season so if, if I was a Red Wings fan and I saw him get a 25 to 30 point season, I'd be more than happy. I don't think he's going to quite hit that point yet, but I don't think that's any cause for concern because right. he's 19 years old. Yep. If he was a 24-year-old player scoring at that pace, I'd be far more worried. If he was a 22-year-old <laughs> um, scoring at kind of scoring about 10 points in a season, then I'd kind of be like, okay, maybe he's not going to translate his game to North America as much as we might have wanted. I think he could finish this year. If he gets a sort of 15, 20-point season, I'd be happy with that as a Red Wings fan. Yeah. I, I think I would because he is a long-shot pick. So if, if he if he carries on, he's going to be a guy that I wouldn't expect to see him. If everything goes well, obviously he could go 
a point per game, lead the SHL. Obviously, that's a very unlikely scenario. No knock on Soderblom. That's just the way that the SHL is set up. Um, but if everything goes the way that kind of, if he is this diamond in the rough and kind of best case scenario, I would expect to see him over in North America kind of 22, 23 perhaps. So he has those few extra years to refine his game. So then by the time he does come over, hopefully he is a point per game guy in the SHL. He would have had a few years experience in the SHL and you know what you're getting from a guy like him at that point. Because when, when you're 19 and kind of he's still trying to build into his frame, it, there's going to be a lot of growing pains that go with that. Not just the fact there's a hockey player, but because he's 19 years old and he's now six foot seven, he's having to duck when, when he goes under any door anywhere. So, you know, he's, he's having to kind of like a, a, adjust in a lot of ways. Yeah. So well, I, mean, I, 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 would, I, I would imagine he'll be fine though. This is probably the most serious follow-up question I, I'm going to ask uh, in this entire episode. But okay. do you think, what are, what are the chances in the back of uh, GM Steve Eisman's mind that he was thinking, worst case scenario, we fill this guy up with 50 pounds of Swedish meatballs, we throw some goaltending <laughs> pads on him, and we just stuff him in the net. I, I, I oh, give I that, mean... there's ten there's a 10% chance that was in Eisman's, uh, in the back of his mind, I'm going to say. Good, a very I mean, good I mean... 10% chance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, Eisman <laughs> had a lot of history with playing with late round draft picks, late yeah. round picks in the draft that, you know, made him look better. He made them look better and everybody won Stanley Cup, so everyone was happy. Um, whether <laughs> um, he'd moved to goaltender, whether he'd moved to goaltender, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe get some I, IKEA meatballs down in, yeah, you know, that, that might exactly. help him out. There's got to be but, some, um, there, there's some backup plan with Soderblom at this size. There has to be. I, I, I can't imagine there's any yeah. other way to go about it. Um, now, I, yeah. I, I, I want to let you go. We've been going longer than uh, I, I actually usually keep folks for on, on the show. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you want to throw out another uh, another shot here to throw out some uh, promos for what's going up on the YouTube channel or what you guys have planned coming up for Monday. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, then we'll sail off into the sunset here. Sure, perfect. Um, so, yeah, the Euro Puck podcast, go and check it out on uh, the Hockey Podcast Network. We have, it's available basically wherever you get your podcasts, as far as I'm aware, um, and also on our YouTube channel, the Euro Puck podcast. Uh, go and subscribe to us if you want to, that'd be great. Uh, the reason you should subscribe to us on YouTube, though, is because we have exclusive bonus clips going out exclusively on our YouTube channel. Um, by the time this episode goes out, later on in the day, we'll have a video... Oh, what's the first bonus clip for this week? It, we're rating the new KHL logos that were announced for some of the teams this season. Oh, wow. Um, cool. So we, we have we have a lot of fun, kind of. There's three teams, I, as far as I'm aware, that have um, got new logos for the new season. So we're, we're ranking them, having a little chat about them. A few of them we like, some of them not so much. Um, and then we'll have another bonus video Wednesday, which is we are discussing the Continental Cup, um, which is a... Uh, the, the best way that Chris described it, if there's any soccer fans out there, it's kind of like hockey's Europa League, where it's like the teams that aren't quite good enough to make it to the Champions Hockey League from some of the lower tier leagues around the world, they'll play in the Europa League or the Continental Cup. Uh, we here in England have a team in the Continental Cup pretty much every year, um, and we do quite well in it. We've won it once before, and we've got to the final several times more. Um, and if you win the Continental Cup, you get a place in the Champions Hockey League for next season as well, which is pretty cool. So uh, a, a team from a completely a completely small hockey market that may or may not already have a team in the league could either have w- one team in the Champions Hockey League, the best league in Europe, uh, inter, uh, inter-league league in Europe, if as it were, 
or they add another team from their country. So another team for all the fans from that country to follow. Um, that's been unfortunately been announced due to the coronavirus. That's not running this year. So we have a big chat about um, the kind of implications that might have on the Champions Hockey League next year. And uh, yeah. obviously whether teams, because uh, the British League might not be running this year also. So will they get a place in the Continental Cup next year, et cetera, et cetera. Like all the, all the kind of like the domino effect that that has on um, the kind of lower tier European leagues. So we, we have like, we have, uh, and then on the Friday, I should say, we have uh, episode three going out uh, after this has gone out. So um, by the time this goes up, we should have episode two of our podcast available. So go and check that out if you want to. Um, if you want to check out me personally, I do a lot of NHL videos um, on Odd Man Rush, the YouTube channel. That's kind of where I, I, I make my bread. So um, yeah, we uh, I do all sorts of NHL videos. I'm, I'm, I like to kind of pride myself on being a bit of a storyteller, you know, telling those stories that kind of get lost in hockey history or, yeah. or some of the like popular ones. So, you know, check me out if you want. If you don't, no worries. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, Hayden, I, there's a reason that we went so deep into this conversation uh, and it's because I really enjoy hearing your thoughts on everything. Thank you. So everyone, it, I'm going to, I got to stare at the camera here. You absolutely have to go to Eurobuck and subscribe because it is an absolute joy. It was the fastest hour I think I've, I've had in a long time listening to a hockey podcast. So uh, I, I listened to quite a few and I, I just, uh, you know, hats off. I'm really happy for you guys. Cause this should really take off. This is a, like a banger of an idea uh I, I i absolutely love it and i'm going to be listening to every episode and again i can't say enough that everybody should be tuning in because this is going to uh this is really going to do a good service to european hockey and it's going to be great for any of the north american fans that you know that it's it's there's so much hockey going on uh it, it's tough to keep track of everything and it's good to know that there's going to be a couple of guys keeping track for us so uh, I guess on behalf of all North Americans, thank you. But uh, for everybody listening, <laughs> that that's uh, yeah, for everybody listening uh, as a fan of, of our show, you you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're not checking out this podcast. It, it is it is absolutely fantastic. And again, the idea behind it, uh, a plus, you guys. This this I'm really excited to see what else you guys have coming. Um, but uh, yeah, with that, uh, thanks for everybody for tuning into this conversation. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got as much. I mean. What's, what's funny is I, I ask these questions selfishly because I need to learn more. Uh, so I, I'm just sitting here. Instead of me uh, letting you only talk to the people who listen to our podcast, you're also giving me all the information I need so that I can keep learning as much Perfect. as possible. Uh, so I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. And uh, I'm, I'm sure everybody that's listening appreciates it too. So uh, Hayden, again, thank you so much. And uh, everybody, thank you for listening. <laughs>